My name is Owen Flynn and welcome to episode 54 of the Trail Running Ireland podcast, sponsored by EcoTrail Wicklow on September 24th, 2022. We're recording live from Chamonix this week at the Olympic Games of trail running, the UTMB with eight races this year and 85 Irish runners here to take on Mont Blanc and its trails, including 15 Irish men and two Irish ladies who are taking on the full UTMB of 171 kilometers. But we're also heading back home to the trails and mountains of Ireland as we focus on two massive races coming up next week, the World Masters Mountain Running Championships in Clonmel and the Kerryway Ultra. Let's talk taper and let's talk about those famous Kerry trails. Everyone, get your running gear on, let's go. Bonjour everyone, I'm here live recording from Chamonix this week at the UTMB Mont Blanc where we have just over 80 Irish trail runners competing across the different races this week. It is absolutely brilliant to see so many Irish flags come up on the finisher screen and one man I have to mention that I met yesterday at the finish line was Michael J. Kelly who finished the 145 kilometers of the TDS sprinting down the streets of Chamonix only 10 days after he completed the full Ironman Ireland event at your 226 kilometers where he swam biked and ran around the streets of y'all and what was a great great day a super atmosphere all weekend in y'all he did the full iron man and then he did the full 145 kilometers of the tds and i'm sure michael won't mind me saying he's not exactly in his 20s or his 30s which makes it all the more remarkable as i say here in france michael chapeau lots of great stories during the week and i just want to give out a give a shout out to Gordon Wilson as well who I met at the start line of the OCC this morning Gordon was due to do the OCC but had the freakish of trips um, over wiring on the ground walking around the streets of Chamonix there yesterday and he was so unlucky he did a bit of damage to his hamstring which meant that he couldn't run this morning. So Gordon, if you're listening, that hamstring will heal quickly, mate, and you'll be running and racing very, very soon. So hang in there. Lots of great stories from lots of great Irish athletes this week. And we've got the big one. I'm recording now today on Thursday. We've got the big UTMB, 171 kilometers, starting tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. And there is a great Irish field there. So bear with me for about 90 seconds as I get the full, Irish list up and give them a shout out one by one. Stephen Brennan, Brian Buckley, Trevor Costigan, Adolfo Garcia who might not sound Irish but he's got an Irish nationality beside his name on the start list. David Hanna, Brian Hutchinson, Ian Keith who's ranked 4th in the 50-54 to 54 category but I was talking to Ian yesterday and he is gunning for that podium as he always does and with a bit of luck we'll see Ian once again up on a podium at UTMB. Ian of course had that famous win in Oman by UTMB be the win outright. Robert Marsh, Paul Martin, Karen McMurra, John Mullahan, Yvonne Nocton, Lona O'Farrell, John Walsh, Declan White, and Shane. 
Wiggins. That's our list, guys, of Irish UTMB entries. Good luck to everyone, and we hope you all make it back to the finish line safe and sound, and you get the result that you are looking for. As you know, everyone, for those that listen to the podcast regularly, the main objective of the podcast is to support Irish trail runners and Irish races. And with that in mind, we are coming into peak racing season back home in Ireland as well, with some of the biggest trail running races of the calendar year about to take place. And that's what we're going to do now with Rennie. We're going to talk about the right taper for races like the World Championships in Clonmel next weekend, the Veteran Masters Mountain Running World Championships, and then the Kerry Way Ultra, of course, next weekend too lots of good tips indeed that we can also use for the race of our show sponsor Eco Trail Wicklow whose race is on September 24th so for anybody that's listening and that's doing that race you can apply these same tapering tips as well Eco Trail Wicklow I've been saying for the last couple of shows guys they have a big big weekend of trail running planned for everybody in Wicklow our friends from the Wicklow Wolf will be on hand at the finish line handing out some of their exceptional locally produced craft beers there's going to be some live streaming in place a tour of Glendalough for anybody who is up for the weekend to take on any of the four distances of 19k, 30k, 46k and the big one 80k. All of those races take in some absolutely stunning parts of Wicklow. Race numbers did sell out last year well in advance so do make sure to get your entry guys ASAP as entries will be closing in the next week or two. Thanks also to our Patreons who support us each month to Laura Flynn who came on board since our last show thank you Laura and if anybody else would like to support the show for the price of a gel per month do please pop over to patreon.com trail running Ireland to help us out right so enough chit chat let's talk some tapering for the some of the biggest races of the calendar year coming up next week Rene, great to have you back with us after the summer holidays and that. And we've got an interesting topic today because we have a lot of our A races coming up for Running Coach Ireland athletes, for our listeners, of course, as well. This week, I'm recording live from Chamonix in UTMB. So we've got lots of Irish out in UTMB. So maybe a bit late for those who are probably getting their bags packed and ready to rock over, over the mountains of the Mont Blanc area. But for next week, for the KY Ultra, for the World Championships, the Masters World Championships, then a couple of weeks later, Eco Trail. I think it's a perfect time to have a chat about the perfect taper and how to go about that. Yes, so like we have said, we have some people already running now in in Chamonix, so too too late for them. But we've obviously told them already what um, what we can talk about here. Uh, I think most people at this stage have heard us talk about taper, are familiar with the concept, you know, and it's just this idea that, you know, whenever you train, there's a positive effect and there's a negative effect. And the negative effect is short term, you know, that's the tiredness, the fatigue, the soreness, these sorts of things. Um, And the positive effect, of course, is the greater strength and fitness and endurance and power and all these things. Um, So with training, it's always a matter of making sure that by the time you get to the race that's really important to you or the races that are most important to you, that you have as little of those negative training effects on the day and you have maximized the positive effects. And that sounds easy. You know, I think when I put it in like an equation like that, but it's actually a little bit complicated because you have as well, what we call the detraining effect, which is what people know as the familiar saying, you know, use it or lose it. Um, And that obviously is a problem because it means that whenever you take time to say, well, I'm going to doze my training down now and I'm going to get really fresh. I'm going to get rid of all this muscle soreness and stiffness and fatigue. 
you can also lose a bit of fitness. And in fact, you'll always lose a bit of fitness. So there's a very fine art in trying to make sure that the freshness you gain when you rest or you back off your training is of greater benefit to you than the little bit of fitness you lose by reducing your training. And of course, you, you can see that by the extreme example that for most races that you'll do, you don't need to go lie on the couch the last two weeks before, you know, because that would simply be too much of a difference. You know, yes, you would probably be fresh, even though you can say if you do nothing, it's actually not very healthy for you, but you would lose too much fitness having two weeks of absolutely no activity. Yeah. Um, say for this last week, Rene, before Kerry Ultra and the World Masters Mountain Running Championships. Now, I know they're two very, very different races, so it might require two different answers. Um, say we, we start off with the World Championships in Clonmel. What should that week look like for athletes who are making their final preparations for that? Um, should they be doing race pace type efforts and um, should they be you know cutting their training completely in half or or how would you go about that final week for them oh there's two main principles one is you don't need to back off as much for a race of that length okay because for most of the people it'll be less than an hour and for and for certainly even for the very very old age categories competing there it's it's not going to be an hour much more than an hour and a half you know and that's probably stretching it for the for the sort of athletes who are going to come down there so you do two things you can back off the training a little bit, but for a race like that, you might only need to do it in the race week itself. You know, so you could actually keep a decent training up until the week before your normal level. You know, most people who are doing that race, we just need to give it a context. Most people who are doing that race are already in their racing season because a race over 10 and a half kilometers is not, um, you know, it's not like a marathon peak race where you train hard and then you have two or three weeks to taper and then you do the race. If you're planning to do a World Masters and you've set out that this is, I really want to do well here, you will have been racing for a while now because you need to get, you know, the racing sharpness, the tactics, all these things in place. And you don't want to do that in, you don't want the first race where you test all these things to be the Masters itself. So that means most people who are considering this problem right now, they have done a lot of racing. And that means they've already been in a rhythm where they've probably backed off the training a bit whenever they're racing, especially because some of us, we know the mountain runners are and the trail runners are, some of them have had weeks where they've done two races a week. So whenever they have a week where there's no races, they have to try and get in more training, you know, to restore and to keep maintaining all of the things they built during the part of the year where they weren't racing as much. So mm -hmm. it would be normal in, let's say, the week that we're in now to keep up a fairly decent amount um, of racing or training and only next week do you really start to bring down the volume and you start to become much more careful with the type of hard workout you do on let's say the Tuesday like, you could nearly dispense with that but if we just stay in this week before going to, to next week so if we call this week it's a non-race week what for instance, myself, and I know a few people are doing, we're actually doing a local race that's much shorter on. Um, we're doing the downhill uphill mile that's on tomorrow. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a few reasons for that. One is it lasts only kind of, you know, seven to nine, 10 minutes for most people. So it's, it's not going to set you back a lot in terms of recovery. It's also a very specific 
preparation for the race itself because it's it's uphill it's run at a high intensity so you could say that it supports the sort of very very high intensity you will hope to hit at the very end of the much longer peak race that we have at the world masters yeah but then we need to be careful because that's a high intensity session done here on a wednesday so do we need to go out on saturday and hammer intensity again no, you know, maybe if you have an amazingly, a huge work capacity and you're used to that and you know for sure that when you do a session like that, you, you shake it off in 48 hours and then you can accrue the benefits next week. But more kind of modest competitors like myself, we would aim to do something much more medium paced, some kind of more strength based hill running on Saturday you know, just to polish off the strength one last time, but nothing too strenuous, nothing that would push us out into, you know, workload that we haven't done before. So it would, it, it'll be more for myself, for instance, it'll be a little bit of a rehash on Saturday of some of the steep, steady hill running I did earlier in the season, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I suppose the most important thing is, well, it's not to be chasing um, training sessions that you might have missed beforehand, or it's not to be chasing race um, efforts or paces that you think you should be getting. It's about, as you said, just having maybe two final good workouts and feeling really good in them and not going to the well, because in seven days time, you will have to go to the well. And there's only so many times over the course of a season when we can ask our body to do that. So you don't want to use up one of those valuable vouchers, if you like, seven days out from the race or three or four days out from the race on the Tuesday night. I think it's about doing sessions that you enjoy doing. Um, and so a lot of people, they, they might be undecided, Randy, about whether to do a session on the hills or a session on the roads. And I suppose maybe my own thoughts on it would be that for some race like Clamel, it's going to be a really fast start. It's going to be a really fast finish into the finish line. So, you know, unless you have hills that are close to you and you really feel that you want to get a good um, session in on the, on the hills and feel good climbing and so on, maybe something short and sharp on the roads and on the flat just to get ready for that fast start, fast leg turnover as well for hopefully a good successful sprint finish in. Maybe that might be an, an idea for something on the Tuesday evening. Yeah, there's a lot of people who favor that strategy on um, a lot of famous runners, like including Kenny Stewart, for instance. You know, he uh, even, I know John Lenehan did not like, Kenny and him, for they didn't like doing heavy hills in the week of a race because they felt there was too much of a chance that the legs would just stay a little bit stale based on that. And you can see there's some good logic for that because obviously the moment you hit hills and hill sessions, there's a greater muscular fatigue than there is on the flat. The flat has its own problems. You know, there's its own yeah. risks, higher impacts and all these things. Um, but the hills could leave just a little bit too much tiredness. Um, but there are some runners who would disagree with that, you know, and because they are always on the hills and that's just the way they run and they don't want to deviate from that going into the final race. So, yeah. so that's that's the sort of kind of individual filter you need to put on on top of those decisions. And another thing you could look at is where do you actually feel you are lacking, because the the race period is is about coordinating and sharpening abilities that you already have. It's not about building new ones because we know it's too late for that now. So, 
I would often say to people, this is the type of the year where you need to plan the least ahead, you know, not as far ahead in time. Look at each race that you're doing and each session that you're doing and try and analyze where are you, where do you feel your weaknesses are? And then you could change the emphasis of the next session a little bit to just practice the element where you feel poorer. You know, and, and as you said there, it, you could be that you feel, well, actually, I've done so many hills over the summer that my flat leg speed is not as efficient as it used to be. And I'm afraid that I am going to lose 20 seconds on the flat, fast start of my race um, that will cost me, you know, and then I have to spend the rest of the hill catching that up. Um, that was the case at the race we did this weekend on the Wicklow athletics counter championship because it started with an 800 meter flat cross country loop on grass so what we did preparing for that race is we had three sessions that involved that field where we did some good efficient strong running not crazy you know insane pace we weren't looking for that um and we did some of them where we combined the two elements so we would do one rep steady on the field we would recover out to the first hill of the race and we will do one minute hard up that hill. And then we jog back down and repeat that process three times. Yeah. You see, so that was just to try and very specifically address that issue that some people might have of combining the right pacing for a flat start with having to really work hard the moment the hill comes along. Yeah. And um, one other maybe important day, Rennie, is the, the long run, the final long run before a race like um, Clown. Mel, and I suppose it's really just about making sure you do a long run the, the weekend before in somewhere where you enjoy running, where you come back after your long run and you actually feel refreshed and you're ready to go for the week ahead. And of course, there's no need to do any more big two hour runs, two and a half hour runs. It's about skating that long run right back. And so that it's no longer a long run, it's maybe just a medium run, even anywhere around what, 75 minutes, 80 minutes, if you're used to doing an hour 40, an hour 45 and beyond. Yeah, it's obviously relative to what your normal long run is, you know, but for people who have the kind of two hour standard distance, you know, doing, for instance, a, a very easy zone one 90 minute run, very enjoyable, would would work for most people. Um, there are a few who can gamble with riskier strategies and I've had success with that myself, but sometimes, you know, where you actually do quite a tiring long run on the Sunday and then you stock up like crazy. Um, and then you get a mm. kind of this super compensation effect. But I think that works better when you are racing longer races. Um, so I, yeah. would go with, I would go with your advice, Owen, for the Masters. And I would say if, if people are looking for a more general rule for their high-intensity sessions in this sort of period, a good one is that instead of the sort of intervals you do early in the year, you know, where the recoveries are very incomplete, this is a good time of year to do sharp intervals at close to your race pace, but with longer recoveries. Yeah. You know, because then you don't get this, um, you don't get, you, you burn off more of the lactate, the waste product, and you don't get as much residual fatigue and leg soreness. Is it, we, we even do this for our road runners because we have a few uh, who have a road race this week. So they're doing a session tonight. And for instance, there, there is at the very end of this session, we are going through three of their gears, you know, 5K, 3K, and a bit faster than 3K pace. Um, but the reps are very short, 60, 45, 30 seconds, but the recovery is two minutes between each. Yeah, yeah, no, very important. 
Yeah, and maybe one just final question, when you say in terms of our build up to Clonmel, well, I think you can apply this rule for most races, shorter or longer races. Um, the final day, the final, say, 48 hours. Um, what's your own opinion on in terms of having a full, complete rest day the day before the race? So say, for example, if our world championships are on on the Saturday, what do you think is the best strategy? Is it to have a complete full rest day on the Friday or should you maybe get out for half an hour. What I typically do when in my own racing um, um, over the years now for a long time, and I say to the clients that I work with as well is, I think it's great to get out for a half an hour. Just because if you're just um, locked up in the house for a full, what, nearly 48 hours at this stage without getting out into a bit of fresh air, that can cause its own stressors. Getting out for a half an hour, just get into the fresh air, get the endorphins going, loosen out the legs. And after about 15 minutes, I might do maybe four... 100 meter stride outs like the strides that we often talk about on the show with a nice big two minutes two and a half minutes between each stride five minutes to finish me off and then i'm back in the house and i'm raring to go for the next day i'm not too tired i'm feeling good and i've got some quick movement in the legs and what's what's your own theory and opinion on it well i prefer the 30 to 20 to 30 minute easy just loosen up the body the day before as well um if I'm traveling on that day, I tend to make a call based on how I feel after the trip, um, especially if you're niggly. You know, if I feel excessively stiff and I arrive very late at the venue, I don't always go for a jog. I might just loosen up in the hotel room instead. Uh, the reason is I don't want to go out with this kind of stiff, dehydrated travel body and then put some, you know, so, some bad movement in there. Yeah. Um, but if I can settle down in time, you know, as we, for instance, traveling, we used to travel to Snowden quite early on a Friday, you know, so you had, we would actually, we always ended up kind of going for a walk that night, but that was because the Snowden course was so steep that you could actually walk up the first mile, two kilometers. And it was nearly a workout, you know, because the slope was so steep, but it was the same kind of principle, you know, just get the blood flowing, relax a bit, get rid of some of the nervous tension. Um, Sometimes I have done strides on Friday zone. Sometimes I prefer to do it on Thursday, let's say, say two days before. Yeah. Um, and that's, I usually play that a bit with how I feel in terms of recovery at the time of the race. Like if I feel like I'm in phenomenal form, recovering super quickly from everything, I'd be quite happy to do it on the Friday along with the easy run. If I feel like my muscular soreness is a little bit higher, my recovery is a little bit slower, I often put it on the Thursday and then just do the easy jogging on the Friday. Yeah. Um, because what you're, what you're doing there is they, they've got a whole new science around it now called muscle stiffness that they say you need to tune the resting tension in your muscle fibers to the particular distance and speed you're racing at. So the idea is that whenever you do sprints and fast work and things like that, plyometrics, you increase the level of muscle tension, the resting tension in your muscles. That's good. The shorter your race is, the, the higher the resting tension needs to be. Whereas if you're doing a longer race, like an ultra or something, or maybe, you know, even a 30K race, you need, to, if you feel like, well, actually my muscles are very tense. There's a lot of muscle stiffness here. I'm even a bit agitated. You might need to focus your week on actually taking that tension down a notch. And that might even mean saying, well, I won't do the strides because I think if I do the strides, I'm actually going to, the tension is going to be too high. Mm -hmm. And the kind of very short background for that is that if you set the tension too high, you become too costly for the longer distances. So there's kind of an optimal tension 
for the distances that you run. If you don't want to be too scientific about it, you can just think about, well, what sort of pace am I going to start out at and how relaxed do I need kind of my default feeling to be when I take that start line? You know, in a short race, you kind of want to be a little bit riled up, you know, nearly borderline anxious because you're going to hit the ground really fast. It's going to hurt from the start and you just need to be ready for that. Whereas in an ultra, if you're too riled up, you probably will start too fast. You need to be kind of more zen, more calm, you know, nearly, I shouldn't say sleepy, but it's borderline sleepy. And then you're waking up in the first few hours and then you really get going. Yeah, I remember a great thing that I used to do, Rene, was when I was working in the bank for about 10 years or so, I used to always make sure that I got a day's annual leave on the Friday before a big race. And so for races like this, Kerryway, World Championships, I think, yeah, if you can at all, get that day off work and just be able to chill out on the Friday, you will go into that race on a Saturday or on the Sunday, just that bit more relaxed and pressure and it always worked very very well for me um in terms of the carry way is there anything really that we didn't cover there that might help our listeners um in terms of their and um, wind down over the last couple of days leading to the carry way ultra maybe even an extra day off um in terms of running for for the likes of a you know a short mountain race you might need maybe just one day of a rest day leading up to it maybe for a big ultra like a carry way ultra taking an extra days off at the start of the week that might help yeah i think for the the two main things is there that you you obviously really you you need to tank up all of your physical and mental reserves much more going into an ultra race because you need everything that is at your disposal to keep up you know the highest level of effort for as many hours as you'll be asked to do so for most normal people with normal jobs and normal commitments that means that last week before you can do very very little and you'll be fine you know, and quite often we just do something as simple. I very rarely do strides with the ultra runners. Um, and I tend to just do a workout I like to do with marathon runners on the Tuesday, you know, depending on when the race is, but roughly four or five days out, which is actually very easy. 10 minutes jog, 10 minutes marathon pace or steady and 10 minutes easy. And that's simply to feel good just to come out and confirm, oh yeah, the legs are feeling good when I'm, you know, putting it up in kind of the third gear. Um, so I can be confident and happy. And then I check out before there's any tiredness whatsoever. Um, so you just need to do enough not to feel sluggish, really. You know, that you, you don't want to send a signal to the body that, oh, the season is over now. So yeah. you can go into hibernation for a few weeks. Um, and I think the second piece of advice there is when you listen to great interviews with the likes of Killian Jornet and people like that, um, be careful how you interpret it because he, for instance, barely tapers, as I think you've mentioned several times on. He pretty much trains through, but we know there's two reasons for that. One is his lifestyle, as we know, you know, nine hour hikes without water when he was four years old with his mother and freakish genetics, right? 90 VO2 max, which gives you an absolutely unparalleled ability to recover. You know, if you're putting that much oxygen into your body with, with every breath. And thirdly, he has to race so often to make his sponsors happy and all these things like many elites that he cannot afford to be dropping his volume of training massively every time he has a big race. Mm, yeah. So, and that is a problem as we know for some ultra runners, he seems to be able to get away with it maybe because of who he is, how he's lived. But as you know, a lot of ultra runners, they have short careers because of this problem. 
you know, that they cannot taper before and after. They, they do. And I know of one um, Spanish um, example, Pau Capel, who, of course, has won so many races in Spain and won, I think, UTMB there as well a couple of years ago. Um, he is very much a professional athlete and has lots of sponsors, lots of different commitments. And he He's raced an incredible amount of races over the last three or four years, but I think it's beginning to catch up on him now. He had his first really bad year of injuries this year as well. And that's just an accumulation of, you know, big long flights all over the world to do all these spectacular ultra trail races in every corner of the globe. And there's only so much of that that the body can can withstand, Rennie. But I, I often see some of the elite guys here on race week in Chamonix and they are bouncing around the town. You know, they're easily hitting six minute mile and below on the, on the flat courses that we have here, too. So, yeah, you, you still see them going very, very strong in race week. And um, one last thing, maybe we mentioned Eco Trail, of course, as well. Probably too soon to be tapering for that. Any Rennie, we're about, what, about four weeks out from that. And I suppose the Eco Trail Wicklow guys, they should probably be doing their key big long workouts now and they won't need to taper for another maybe two or three weeks. No, we have the taper. I think for most of them, we have two or three weeks. And the reason I say two or three weeks is some people need more, some people need less depending on ability and things like that. But the, the key thing there is before you taper, you have to train, right? So no taper is valuable if you haven't done the training. And a very common problem for newer athletes is that they miss a week or two somewhere or they get a little niggle. They lose two or three weeks in the specific period of training. And the default response then for me, and I think should be for most people, is shorten your taper. Because if you lost the volume and you just taper as planned, you might come in too under-trained. So it's better to say, look, I'll just do the one week before. And one of the weeks I lost, I'll do when I would normally have done my first week of taper. So that's something we you will see in discussions with some of the, the eco-trailers, for instance. You know, And that, that's one of the things we look at when we plan whether does this person need to start dosing down three weeks out, two weeks out. I even have people where you know we nearly have to remove the whole taper because something unfortunate just happened to them. Yeah. You know, they and they lost the training. And and these people feel better as well. They feel more confident, they feel more relaxed if they can keep up the training just a little bit longer to feel like they, you know, they they imagine the situation where you lose two weeks of training and then your taper is about to start. Yeah. That leaves you in a kind of an awful headspace. It's much better than to say, okay, let's do a really good week now, and then we go into the race. Yeah, and it's a very good point, Renny. And maybe just to close off the segment, you know, the the tips that we've been talking about here now today, these are really to make you feel perfect, 100% getting to the start line. But, you know, how many times over the years, Renny, have the two of us ourselves or people that we know or work with, they've got colds on race week or flus on race week and they need to take a couple of days off um, or their sessions haven't gone as well as they would have liked but, but the body still remembers and um, remembers how to perform. Even if you get a cold sometimes in race week, you might need to miss three or four days, but you'd be amazed by, you know, getting all the vitamin C into you, the adrenaline on race day, the body can still produce performances. And what I'd say is that, you know, if you're unsure of what taper to do, make a decision at the start of the week and stand by that. And don't be second guessing your decision on what your taper is going to be. Put a plan on paper, do it, 
and then just forget about it. That's your plan for the week. So you're not second guessing yourself right up to the Friday before race day. The training is done. Most people would have done years of training, months of good training. And these last couple of days, it's just to put the icing on the cake, really. Yeah, maybe if you have second, if you doubt yourself, remember Bill Bowerman, he had a nice quote that I've always enjoyed. He said, the magic is in the man not the miles. And of course, <laughs> it's a truth with modifications, but I still like it. And you have to remember that sometimes, yeah, the, the, ultimately your abilities don't just disappear overnight. You know, yeah. so the, there will be something there. And if you can go into a race rested and without injuries with a body that's functioning, you will still do quite well. You know, just be smart yeah. and, and yeah. watch, be, be open-minded with the race if you're in doubt about your own abilities. You know, take the first few kilometers to settle in and see where you are. And, um, you know, don't hair off like a lunatic because that is that is probably what kills a lot of people who have had problems in the final preparation is that they yeah. just go off uncritically the way they were at their very, very best. Then, of course the race can become quite, you know, uh, a bonfire. But it's many, um, good luck with your own paper next week, because I know you'll be um, lining up with a Danish singlet on you in Clonmel next weekend. And I'll be on the microphone, so I hope to be cheering on lots of Irish medalists as they cross the finish line. But listen, I hope to be cheering on, who knows, maybe a Danish medal as well. Uh, the, the M40 field is stacked, I believe. <laughs> There's lots of talk about some of the athletes guard that are going down. I won't mention any names, but lots of people are focusing on this one as their main A race, Rene. And whatever happens, I'll tell you, it's going to be a spectacular day of racing in Clonmel. Well, I'll see you down there, Owen. So until then. Thank you there to Renny Borg from Running Coach Ireland for some great taper tips as we get ready for our big races. And one of the races that we were talking about there, of course, was the famous Kerry Way Ultra, one of the highlights in the Irish trail running calendar. Such a beautiful spot of the country and some great trails down there all around that part of Kenny. And of course, our friend of the show, Simon Kenny, who is also based down there. Simon has his own fantastic race in Kerry. The last week of April next year, 2023, the Waterfall Trail Running Festival. But let's turn our attention to next weekend and let's have a chat about the Kerry Way Ultra and it's a real treat to welcome to the show I've been looking forward to talking to Shawnee for a while now he's been doing some great work across all the social media channels for the race over the last couple of years and I'm looking forward to hearing about some of his podium runs in the Kerry Way Ultra from what I saw there he was second 2018 and 2017 and I'm sure there's a couple of more good results in there as well it's a real pleasure to welcome to the show Shawnee Clifford Johnny, a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm looking forward to talking all things Kerry Way Ultra. No better, man. Uh, likewise, Owen. Been following your podcast for a long time. And uh, yeah, there's nothing better to talk about than, than ultra running and, and Kerry, I suppose. Ireland. I know, and I know you're a proud Kerry man, and you've had some incredible results, Shawnee, in the Kerry Way Ultra over the last couple of years. Um, I could see two podium finishes at least, and I'm not too sure, is there any more there? Um, what's your own racing history, your own racing background in this great race? Yeah, unfortunately, it was three podiums, it was three second places in a row. Uh, so it's kind of bittersweet, you know. Uh, the first year it was 
it was sweet. And then the second two years was, I won't call it bitter because it's, it's, it was always great to get home to carry and to put in a performance. But, you know, things didn't go well on the day and made some mess, mess things up, you know, as things happen in, in, in ultra running. But um, uh, I suppose going into the background, um, I mean, I've been running for uh, beyond 20 years. I've done the UTMB five times in a row back in the day when it was, you you just rock up and almost sign up on the day, you know, and starting 2005, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, five years in a row. So that was kind of my local race for many years here in France. Um, and just done lots of stuff, you know, raid reunion on Reunion Island, South America, uh, lots of places around the world, Cambodia. So, um, yeah, you know, like most trail runners, ultra runners, we just kind of see where's the next big, big race or where can I go and travel and, and have some fun and do some really cool uh, adventure or trail run- running. Yeah, and I'm sure that second and third the, the the second places I'm sure they hurt Johnny as you said but you know what isn't it fantastic to be there in the fight and I know it's happened to me a couple of times in races where maybe it didn't quite work out as well as I wanted to and I might have came home really good and really disappointed but I tell you what isn't it better to feel some form of emotion than to not be there and to be back on the couch at home whether it's injured or just not competing so I'm sure there were great experiences at the same time those second places Oh, massive. I mean, I messed up during those races. I, I mean, I was racing the best best runners in the country. You know, I lost to Barry Hartnett, to, to Gavin. He beat me by three minutes that year. Um, wow. Brian Buckley, etc. you know. So, you know, we always tend to look at our own uh, race and how could I improve? I got lost, etc. messed up, vomit, whatever. But we were there. I was there, you know. Um, yeah. And I always, you know, I look back and say, it was bittersweet had I should have, could have, could I done that? But, you know, history is history and it worked out that way. And for me, I suppose not getting that victory is part and parcel of my story and actually made me want to invest more time in the Kerryway community, in Kerry, in coming home, in the ultra running community, and just tell those stories of not just the, ultra, the, the elite, but everybody within that Kerryway ultra community. And since then, I've kind of, you know, put a hell of a lot of time into promoting the race, into, into kind of helping the community grow. And had I maybe won, won one of those years, then I may have stepped away and kind of moved on to the UTMB or to Western States or whatever. And, you know, my life would have been different. So it's just many positives I pull out of, you know, I, 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 I gather out of, you know, those, I won't call them misfortunate events, but, you know, um, obviously missing that top spot was, you know, was, uh, wasn't exactly what, uh, what I would have liked, but you have to pull positives out of every, every negative, I suppose, you know? Yeah, and there is such a brilliant mountain running, trail running, ultra running community down there in Munster, isn't it? We've seen some great results come out of Munster over the last couple of years and races at home, at races abroad. And maybe talk to us about the, the, the locals that are there organizing the race. Um, how many years is it going now, Johnny? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, this is year 10, year 10, so 10th year anniversary. So we're really excited because there's lots of changes that are happening this year. But uh, 10th year, yeah, the very first year before the 10th year was one gentleman, uh, John, went around just to test it, you know, to test the route. 
Um, and since then, year one was 13 people, and then it's just grown, 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 and then more events have been added, kind of like UTMB, you know, we have the night event and the light event. So uh, it's grown, uh, but but despite the fact that it's grown, there is this, you know, this uh, community and this atmosphere that's pretty, I suppose, unique. Um, and actually, last night, I've just arrived in Beaufort in, in France last night. And uh, I just arrived here and I, then I realized that this is the TDS, you know, there is like I can see behind me uh, the, the tent for the TDS. And Aoife Mondo had just gone up towards Col de Jolie. So I jumped in the car and I raced up to Col de Jolie and I met her up there and I spent about 15 minutes running with her. And it was herself that actually said we're talking about Kerry Way as we're trotting up up the with the with the with the stars above us and the cows rattling their bells, you know. And we were talking about the Kerry Way, and she, I think she put her finger on it. There is this unique sort of community that has grown in Munster and around the Kerry Way Ultra, and I suppose we can see that because you know Aoife is the winner and of course record holder Barry Drennan. Lots of these people that have won there are coming back and volunteering, you know, and that's pretty damn unique in, in I suppose, ultra running or trail running, where they just come back to be a part of that community. Um, and that's pretty unique down there in in Kerry. I suppose it's, it's pretty unique in the trail running um in the trail running world because we have such a great uh, camaraderie and atmosphere in our little niche sport. But uh I suppose a little a little bit more down the Kerry Way Ultra, you know. Yeah, well, isn't it great that that sense of community is still there, Shoney? Because sure, we have our big powerhouses like the UTMB, but our, our local races, our Imre races, races like the Carryway Ultra, yeah. where the full community gets in behind it. And they still have control of the race, Shoney, as well. Because I know talking to a lot of race directors who maybe have signed up for the big commercial names, they actually yeah. lose a bit control and you know the big commercial guys come in from the head offices and kind of lay down the law so it is great to still be in control of such a wonderful race and everybody gets behind it and um, in fairness i was down in y'all last week as well at the iron man and even though it is it's an iron man event and iron man is such a big powerful business as well but the atmosphere down there was absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. The crowds out on the streets were fantastic. The whole town got behind it. And, and I'm sure it's going to be the same for you guys as well next week. Um, talk to us about the 10th year, Shawnee. What, what are the changes um, that are going to happen? Um, any maybe tips and insights you can give us for everybody that's listening in and heading down? Yeah, I suppose first the 10th year, I suppose it just happened because of the 10th year after last year, we're kind of reflecting on things that could have been made better. We, we've known for a, quite a few years that up until now, we finished in Randall's Garage, who's, who are a, an amazing family that have been behind the race for many, many years. Um, but we needed something, you know, condios as the french say to kind of start and finish so uh just chatting around with 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 my contacts our contacts uh the, the obvious choice was the killarney race course which is ireland's most scenic race course which we have this absolutely amazing view of the reeks just in the background so uh the race course were super excited to have us on board and to host us so uh, straight away we went down there the day after the race last year and we started setting that up and now things are coming together for the race in 10 days time um and so we will have like this start finish area which is just you know is just 
perfect for a race of this this amplitude you know with the yeah. the scenic backdrop the the coffee dock we we just have everything we need to grow this event i mean this is going to be our first year start finishing the race course but going forward you know we just so much space so much facilities because the race course has lots of festivals and stuff down there so we'll have food trucks we'll just the scope is just amazing to go forward and to build this event into hopefully one of the the top most sought after events in 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 europe because of the atmosphere and talk to us about that start and finish how much of the start and and finish is flat around that race course because we were just talking to Rene there about you know tapering towards the the likes of Kerryway Ultra and of course the world championships that are on next week as well and we were just talking about the importance of you know keeping up your strides because you're going to need a bit of speed over maybe that first kilometer or two and then hopefully as you're sprinting in on your last legs before you get to the finish line Big time. Yeah. No, the start and finish, we go out through Mukris and then we come in through Mukris. So the first few kilometers and the last few kilometers are pretty damn flat, except for a few little bumps coming in and out the the um the, the Mukris road. So uh and the last the last little section that we've added or that we've changed to go into the race course is flat. So that's no problem. And yeah, as, as you were saying there, you got to keep things ticking over, especially the carry rail try. I've done it quite a few times. It's a tough race because depending on the weather, um, it can be very boggy, whatnot, whatnot, but it's a runner's race for me. If you want to go out there and hit some speed, despite the fact that the long race is over 200 kilometers, you can go out there and you can keep the legs ticking over and you can push things. So, um, so yeah, 100% uh, keep the legs ticking over and keep a, keep a bit of speed for this race. Well, well, no matter, no better man, Johnny, to, to get some insight and some tips into the race. And from your own experiences there, what are the sections of the race, Johnny, where maybe you can just relax, enjoy the scenery around you? And then what are the sections of the race where you really need to concentrate and dig deep? Oh, relax, relax. Uh, um, I mean, the first the first section going out the old Kilmer road is just beautiful. The sun is rising. You're going through the national park first with the, with Muckras house on your left and the, the lakes on your, on your right. Just absolutely amazing. Then passing through talk and then going through the old Kilmer road with sometimes deer running beside you. is just absolutely amazing. You know, so there, you know, you're just getting into the, the, the race. There's no pressure except maybe I suppose the, the, the podium, the people kind of playing for a podium. Sometimes they're going out, pretty fast uh so i would say that would be the part to enjoy um and then after that that the, the real business begins uh for me i suppose the the parts to um to to um to be wary of are coming into Waterville. There's a big long section up along that ridge there. Uh, it can be very difficult. It can be very overgrown. Um, and I suppose everybody kind of agrees that's one of the toughest sections there. Um, and there is one or two little turnoffs where I've gotten lost one year. I was out in front under course record speed, whatever. And just, you know, sometimes you're in that mind frame and you're just pushing, pushing. And I just went way off. I mean, just stupid, silly stuff. So you got to keep your mind, you know, on the race and not make any silly deci- uh, uh, decisions or, or turnoffs, whatever. Up there, that's tough. Everybody between uh, Foilmore and Waterville, you got to 
you know, most people find that the toughest. And then I suppose coming into Kinmare, there's a section there which most people will be going through that at night, especially the front runners. Um, and I've had some years where the conditions were terrible. We were going through there with Gavin and it was like pouring rain or whatever. And, and despite the fact that you may have a GPS, it's just like, it's a, it's a maze. It's like, you, you, you know, you may have something beeping, but you, you just get lost. I think Gavin got lost that year, as did I. I was just, just close behind him. Um, so again, depending on the conditions, depending on the conditions at night. But again, there are some lovely sections like coming out of Waterville, going up Kumakishta, uh, many years there. That's like bright, uh, bright night, no clouds in the sky, the moon, the stars, just absolutely epic. You turn back. I can remember my first year I was after vomiting my guts out and I had, you know, I was about to pull out, but I said, I'll just go ahead. I'll just go ahead. And just coming up out of Waterville, just look back. You can see the islands with the moonlight and you see oh my god this is Kerry this is what it's all about it's, it's not about competing all, even if I was competing and I still pushed on to get second but I just looked back and I said that's what trail running is all about that's what Kerry is all about this is what we're here for you know so there are tough sections you know it depends on the weather uh, where you are in the race I suppose um, the conditions underground like this year they're looking very dry just like last year uh, they're looking very fast so for the front runners it could be a very very fast race um, they could have lots of fun and we will have lots of fun covering it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I suppose they're the, they're the, they're the points to enjoy. And then obviously coming through the, the national park again um, to the finish line, that's kind of like just, just, just lapping it up, you know, with, with again, Muckras house and, and the national park who are, who are a big partner of the Kerry way, who are letting us use the national park. So um, yeah, just, there's, there's, there's so much, so much on the Kerry way as, as you know yourself to actually enjoy um, throughout the race. Yeah. Beam me in, Shawnee. It sounds absolutely fantastic. If I could put on a pair of shoes and the two of us yeah. pop over there now for a lunchtime run, I wish I could. Um, uh, have you seen the the menu, Shawnee, for maybe the the rest points and that, and where people can get a bit of food, a bit of grub? Do you know what's available for people, just in case they're wondering? Yeah, I mean, in most places there is. I mean. Um... Is this is this runners or or yeah or no for the runners themselves you... yeah just at the at the stations around the course Johnny will they have drinks will they have a bit of food for them if they need to restock yeah I mean everybody in the checkpoint we have bag drops and every checkpoint they will have their bags so they can just grab their bags or lots of people have crews because there's the whole crewing section that uh, we've actually introduced a Brian Byrne award this year so there is uh, an award for the best crew which was oh, uh, awarded to Adolfo Garcia's wife who Adolfo is one of the the most amazing characters who is who I he 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 came three years in a row and didn't finish and kept coming back until he finished it a fourth time. And now he keeps coming back to do it, to bring people. And his story is pretty amazing, you know. Um, so he, they got the first crew um, award and we'll, we'll be awarding that every year because there's just like this, this posse or this caravan of people that go around the carryway and they have this great vibe following the runners. So it's an atmosphere in itself just to follow the runners. But yes, they have their drop bags following them. And there are like chippers in Sneem and in Kinmare and in Waterville for people to actually uh, get food if they want it. Super. Um, you mentioned some of the great battles that you've had yourself, Shawnee, over the years. Um, who do you think will be up there fighting for that coveted first place and those podium positions this year? 
Yeah, uh, I'm actually, I have in front of me, it's the first year we're doing, I suppose, the pros and cons of me not racing the pros are I can spend a hell of a lot more time and actually um, doing all this sort of stuff. So I have in front of me, uh, you're getting the inside scoop because I'm about to publish it maybe later on this evening. So yeah, we have some very fast runners. Um, We've Keith Lane, firstly, who is the the only person that has podiumed that is on the start line this year and he's podium twice he's finished third and then he's finished second or second first in 2020 and then third last year where he was running fast with with Ricky Wine um so i think this year he's focusing obviously on that one podium place that, that is missing from his trophy cabinet uh Keith Lane who is who is we all know i suppose is um a great runner and he won the Morn Way Ultra a few weeks ago so he's back again um We've Mickey Brennan, who won the light last year. So he's stepping up. Um, he's obviously new to the ultra running space. Um, I suppose COVID brought him in to really uh, take things to the next level. So he has won the Wicklow Way Ultra this year. So he's one to watch between himself and Keith Lane. It's going to be a fast race. We have a local man, Stephen Mangan. This is his second year. He finished sixth last year. He had a very fast start last year. He dropped off a little bit towards the end. He's young. Um, he's been training a lot. Uh, he's had some good results. He he won the um, Waterville uh, trail running um festival 130 kilometers this year so he's going to be one to watch and the locals are going to be cheering him on big time we've ed Payne, who's back again who ran last year who set who was setting a course record pace for i suppose the first third last year uh, then he kind of fell off a little bit he had a few little issues he's just back from a podium spot in connemara 100 a few weeks ago so he's going to be pushing and everybody knows ed knows that he goes off fast you know he goes fast or goes home so he's possibly going to set the pace for at least the first half and if he can hang on who knows he could finish um uh, well up there we've lots of other people too like marius podzeraz who's polish but we've adopted him in kerry because he's a great runner um and we all follow him on social media he finished fifth in 2019 and he's been over in poland racing recently we have a gentleman from argentina martin who is who's been in, in up the country in Kildare for quite a few months and he's put in some massive performances, won some races in Argentina. He placed third in a 100 kilometer race in Spain. So he has the mountain legs, but admittedly he said, he hasn't really been trained in mountains in, in Ireland for the past few weeks or months, okay. but he is looking to dip into the kind of, 22 23 hour territory so that's like that's like course record podium yeah. sort of sort of that course um, there by the sounds of a shawna he could be one to watch big time and he's been off the radar so i've been doing lots lots of research to kind of you know really really record this race so that everybody can have a, a bit of excitement and see see who to follow we have a few more we have stephen murphy who has popped into the top 10 uh, last year and has been up in his distances we have jason williamson who is from australia but he's been adopted by cork and he's put in some great performances in he's been first in the elephant trail in australia and fourth in the west Mac- in again Australia again we'll have to see how he adapts to I suppose the Kerry you know undergrowth and underfoot um conditions and then we've uh, Sam Hand from from Limerick who uh 
who had a fourth position in the Waterville Trail Running Festival uh, behind Simon Mangan. Um, so there's lots of others who would be mixing it up for top top ten positions. But I suppose they're the ones to keep your keep your eyes on. And again, on social media, we're going to be covering this like never before. Uh, we're not going to be getting any sleep anyhow. So uh, so stay tuned because anything can really happen. You know, as we know in ultra running, and especially between these gentlemen, they're going to be pushing it. So you know, who knows when when people begin pushing it? What what, what what will actually happen on the day. Sure. And do you have the ladies elite field in front of Ishani as well? We have that currently being worked on. Uh, we have Leanne who has worked, who has actually won um, the race last year, who's actually working on that at the moment. And that will be out within the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, so unfortunately, I'm not going to actually dip into that because I don't want to do the ladies any uh, in, injustice. But uh, that will be on our Facebook page and on our Instagram and everything. We'll be covering that as much as the males, because one of the most inspiring things about Kerryway is over the past few years is the amount of ladies that have jumped into this, this sport that have really kind of, you know, we're big into equality. We're big into, you know, you know, the ladies bring such a such a such a such an atmosphere and such a, an amount of positivity. Like I've, I've had quite a few of those on our live streaming sessions and just the smiles during the race, you know, is just like, you know, it's contagious. Uh, and especially out of the ladies, they may be, they may be, um, you know, hurting, but, you know, we had Claire who was, um, who was on there a few days ago and just the, the smiles and the, the positivity, no matter what's, what's happening during the race is absolutely amazing to see. So the ladies stay tuned to our Facebook and we'll be covering all the races, both the males and females. Um, but we don't have any uh, past winners that are coming back on the ladies. So it's up for grabs. It's up for grabs. We have Eva Butterly, who, uh, who is an amazing character who's back again. Um, yeah, and we have we have quite a few more, but again, I don't want to do anybody any injustice. I want to uh, we'll be covering that live on Facebook on our Facebook page. Sounds fantastic, Shawnee. And I can't let you go, Shawnee, without asking you as you go through down all those names. There, I can hear the passion in the voice. I can still hear that fire in the belly. Will you be back on the start line yourself, or have you moved over to to the race team role and helping out and helping to promote the race, or? Do you have another Kerryway Ultra race in you? I, I, I hope I do. I hope I do. Uh, this year has been fairly turbulent with, with, with moving uh, house. So I haven't actually been running. So it's fortunate that way. I don't have any qualms in my mind that, you know, uh, you know, I don't have this itch to get going. But I'd like to go back once and, and train properly and go for it. But again, you know, I've, I've I suppose, dive so deep into kind of, bringing on, on, on partners, sporting partners and, and covering it and et cetera, that, you know, uh, I have to see, I have to see, but I want to, yes, yes, 100% I want to, because, you know, I, I still feel that, you know, my best performance has not come through yet, especially on Kerryway. I do have lots of, um, I suppose, intestinal issues where, you know, I, I, I vomited every year and I've got lost every year. So I'd like to believe that, yes, I would, can come back maybe next year for one last final hurrah and just uh, give it my best, yeah. <laughs> well, when the time is right, I'm sure 
the voice of Kerry will come calling and uh, you'll be at that start line and, and ready to rock again. Um, Johnny, it's been a real privilege talking to you and the future looks bright for the race. I know they just got a new big sponsor on board as well, Six West. So I'm sure Eileen and all the team are absolutely thrilled. Of course, you can get your UTMB points there as well and get your points for the big race over in the US as well. So it, it's a bright it's a bright couple of years ahead. Indeed, indeed. No, we're excited. We're excited, to, especially with the community. As things grow, we're kind of reflecting about how can we keep the community? But I think the community kind of keeps itself when you've the same characters coming back, coming back. And I suppose that's what I'm passionate about is, you know, I'm an introvert and just kind of pushing kind of my comfort zone to get out there on Facebook and whatever and to tell these stories. There are people pushing it up the front, but I'm also equally as passionate about telling the stories of Ray Cummins, who had heart issues and who is now doing the ultra Adolfo Garcia and lots of these other super inspiring people that are going from couch to 200 kilometers, maybe in a year and two years, three years. And that are really inspiring the next generation of ultra runners to actually leave that couch behind to change their lifestyle, to change their nutrition, to change their fitness and to really, as, as some people said to me on a Facebook live a few a few nights ago was, for them, Kerryway Ultra was life-changing, you know, and it's not just Kerryway Ultra, it's, I suppose, the whole community of trail running or, or just doing the first race to get them into this whole, this whole you know, world of trail running, which, which has these knock-on effects to actually change your nutrition, change your mindset and completely change your life. Yeah. Um, Western States. Sorry, that was the name that I wanted to mention there from the yes. US. Of course, the Kerry Walters, the qualifying race for 2023, which is a big coup in itself, Johnny, because not every race um, gets the privilege of being a, a Western States qualifying race. Well, listen, Johnny, I'll let you get back to the, to the day job there. I know you're a very busy man getting ready for the race next week. And am I right in saying, Johnny, that if anybody wants to head to France for a trail running holiday, whether it's to prepare for Kerry Ultra next year or a UTMB, or Western States, they can give you a shout? Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I just actually moved down to south of France and I'm setting up a, a concept called, which is called Eat Sleep Trail Run, um, which is, you know, anybody who wants to jump on a cheap uh, Ryanair flight from Dublin or from, from UK can pop over down to Marseille, looking after everything, pick people up at the airport, group sessions, club sessions. That's down to south of France where I'm based, but I'm also here in the Alps in the Beaufort, setting one up. Uh, there'll be the Alps, the Pyrenees in the south of France. So again, it's new. Uh, the first one in October is filled out. So I'm super privileged and super thankful for those Irish runners that are popping over, that are putting their confidence in me and, and, and going to have some amazing trail running experience uh, in some amazing uh, some amazing trails. Um, and it's going Going forward in the Alps and the Pyrenees, so next year, uh, you know, if people want to want a week in the Alps or the Pyrenees, then jump onto Eat Sleep Trail Run or contact me or whatever. They, they'll be they'll be pushed out onto social media over the coming weeks. Brilliant, what is Johnny? Best of luck with that project, and thanks a million for all your great work with the race and for trail running in Ireland as well, and for being such a great role model over the years. And Johnny, hopefully, we'll get to enjoy a, a coffee or maybe a gel or two out yeah. on the Kerryway course at one stage. Hopefully, hopefully. Thank you very much yourself uh, for everything you're doing for, for trail running and, and, and pushing that message out there to the, to the masses. Take care, Johnny. All the best, mate. Thank you, bye.
there we have it for this episode guys a big thank you to Shawnee and Rennie for running Coach Ireland and good luck to all of those running UTMB and CCC this weekend hopefully we'll have lots of good results to celebrate Paddy O'Leary of course one to watch in the CCC let's get ready as well to hopefully take home a rake of world championship medals in Clonmel next Saturday and I'm sure there'll be plenty of people too who once they finish in Clonmel they'll be flying down the road to Kerry to give a shout out to all of those running in the Kerryway Ultra good luck to all of the team there as well thanks again to Eco Trail Wicklow our show sponsor this month who on September 24th are going to have four superb races thank you to Eco Trail Wicklow do make sure to sign up before bib numbers sell out and thank you again to you guys the listeners who support us month after month if you do like what we do and if you would like to help us out do please pop over to Patreon Trail Running Ireland podcast to support the show and that would be very very much appreciated there's only one thing left for me to say everybody that's everybody Get your running gear on, let's go.